Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Mask. My name is Becca. I'm Chris. And today we are kicking off our series of discipleship. So today we have our friends Jordan and Tyler here with us. And Jordan and Tyler have served with Chris and myself in FCA as college huddle leaders. So Jordan and Tyler, Jordan, we'll start with you. Introduce yourself, school, sport, anything that you want to share before we get started. All right. Um, hi, I'm Jordan. I go to Loyola, Maryland. I'm on the cross country and track team. Um, and I do work for FCA. That's where I met all of you guys. Um, so thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Tyler. I'm a junior at Temple University. I am retired, no longer play a sport. Did play football once, though. And uh, I also work for FCA. I'm a character coach, so I coach high school football and basketball in North Philadelphia. Awesome. So, again, we are going to be diving into the idea and the concept of discipleship and leadership um, with the younger generation. So, kind of just start us off. Jordan, we'll start with you and then we'll go to Tyler. Can you guys just share your experiences with um, FCA as a huddle leader, Ty as a character coach and, you know, the things that you do there, some of kind of your tips and tricks and things that you've learned along the way in this leadership position? Yeah, um, so I've been – I had attended camp for a long time. I had attended different things with FCA, so I was really familiar with kind of everything that went on there. Um, and then when I was a, the year after my freshman year of college, I interned for FCA. Um, and that's kind of where I started huddle eating and doing camps and different things. And then the year after, um, I kind of did a similar thing, but in um, Malaysia, Singapore, and the Philippines. So. I, I've had like an interesting experience of huddling at camps here in the U.S. and then also in different countries. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think one of my biggest, I guess, tips or tricks would be just like, I think they really respect and understand honesty and being real. I think it can be really easy when you're talking to high schoolers to I don't know, almost baby them or not, maybe like not see them as not an equal, but um, I think it can be really easy to just kind of discount the experiences that they've had and some of the things that they've gone through. Um, and I really think they respond well to honesty and just being real and sharing your experience. They respect vulnerability. Um, you know, it's not a bad thing. To be vulnerable it's not a bad thing to open up about yourself especially in discipleship kind of relationship uh, I would say for me so I didn't really get involved in FCA until I was in college didn't really know anything about it which is why um, my experience hasn't been so much with camp as it has been with this character coaching stuff so growing up the people who always had the biggest impact on my life were my coaches so understanding the opportunity to be able to do that for somebody else was something that was really exciting to me, especially when it came to showing them Jesus. So uh, tips and tricks, I don't really have any special tips. I don't really go, I don't travel uh, across the world 
disciple kids. I just go to North Philly. But the thing I've noticed that I think makes a really big difference is honestly just showing up consistently and being there all the time. I think that's a really, really easy way to show that you care about these kids. And at least in my experience with my kids, they oftentimes don't have people who always show up for them whenever they need them to be there. So for you to be there, whether you're able to reach by phone or you show up, you know, a certain day a week, every week, that consistency in their lives is huge in getting them to trust you. And then that will help you take steps to discipling them and leading them. Yeah, that's so good. Just that concept of just showing up and just being honest and real. Um, I think sometimes we can, if we're not careful, we can have this fear or this this idea in our head that discipleship is like, I have to have all the answers and I have to, you know, be able to give all the solutions and be super professional and all this stuff. When in reality, it's so much of just doing life with people and coming alongside them. So that's really good stuff. Chris, what do you think about this? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, what, uh, sticks out to me the most is Tyler's talking about consistency. Um, and I know, you know, sometimes we'll think oh, discipleship, like we're talking about doing life with people, but we almost think of it in a very kind of sterile obligatory kind of way. Um, rather than just it being this thing where you're just like a constant in somebody's life. And I'm thinking about Tyler with kids in North Philly, there's really not a lot of constants in their life. There's a lot of things that are changing all the time, just in the background that those guys, that those um, young kids live in. So being that, being able to be that person for them, that is just there, right? We're not trying to change them necessarily. We're not trying to fix them. We're just, we just want to be there with them. And I think that's the biggest thing with discipleship and we'll often, uh, like overthink it and think that we have to do more than we really do. Totally. Just like being that con that concept is just like being a vessel and just like showing up consistently. I love that. Um, we'll also dive into this now, Jordan and Ty, you guys both brought scriptures that you keep in mind when you're discipling and, and just with, kind of that framework and with that work that you guys do. So can you guys share those with us and how has that kind of led your, your eyes when it comes to, to discipling? Um, I think for me, the biggest thing that I keep in mind through discipleship relationships and just through doing ministry is this whole concept of sacrificial love. And, you know, it's not always something that's glamorous. It's not always something that, you know, you want to do every single day. And um, I think the verse that really spoke out to me is like, everyone knows First Corinthians 13, like with love is patient love. But like right before that, um, verses one through three um, is, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels that didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Um, and I think that's a lot of what we were just talking about of like this idea of like, we don't have to have it all together. Like it's impossible for us to have it all together. It's impossible for us to be 
perfect and to know all the answers but I think when you do show up and when you do love these kids that's what they remember that's what people see is that love of like pouring out from yourself of allowing Christ to love through you um and I think that's been the biggest thing for me is you know I these kids you're given an opportunity to speak into their lives you're like almost afforded just this like really cool blessing of being someone that they look up to and that they'll listen to um and that's what they're going to remember is how you loved them and how you cared for them awesome um so mine i just chose the great commission which i'm sure a lot of people know but um i wanted to highlight everybody knows the commandments in there the go therefore make disciples of all nations what i love about the portion and something that's a good reminder to me is that that's sandwiched by two promises that Jesus makes. So I'm going to read real quick uh, verses 18 through 20, that little section of Matthew 28. It goes, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So I just really like that because I think a lot of times, especially when you're discipling a lot of kids, it can be easy to maybe get frustrated or get burnt out or feel like you're out of control because you don't know what's going on. There are so many of them, all this stuff. And just the reminder that one, all authority has been given to Jesus, right? He always is holding everything down, no matter how lost you feel, and that he is always with you to the end of the age. That's really, really encouraging to me. And I think it's really, really important that he made sure to say that right when he was commanding the disciples to go and talk to others. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good, Ty. Jeez. I love that. And just this concept, you guys both brought it up of sometimes it feels wild and sometimes it feels out of control and it's messy and it's hard. And this would be a question for all three of you. And I'll add some thoughts in the end too. We've all been to like big FCA camps together and we've all experienced firsthand that like Wednesday morning, like just the feeling of being like, Oh my gosh, this is so out of control. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I don't even know how to handle this. All these kids that I'm like seeking to love well and my tank's running on empty. So can you guys kind of walk us through the wrestling out? I feel like so much wrestling happens on the spiritual level during a camp week. So can you guys kind of talk us through your experiences with that and the Lord and with kids, just, just what that has looked like for you? Um, I, as you were saying that I had literally the last camp that we were all at in my head, but I just remember that weekend, um, I had been struggling with a lot with myself. I was in the middle of the season, so I was exhausted and I didn't think I was even going to go to that camp until like three days before. Um, I was like so sick. It was my birthday and I was like sad. I was like, I want to be home. And I just remember like lying in bed, like, I like literally took like 
cough medicine and I was like about to pass out and I just remember like pleading with God like any good that comes out of this weekend like will be completely attributed to you because I just remember thinking to myself like I can't do this like I can't do this on my own I can't handle like where I'm at and I think that that was just a beautiful example of like how Jesus walks with us through hard times not just like in camps and not just in the exhaustion but just like in those moments of truly feeling like helpless almost or feeling like completely just burnt out and like torn down it's just those moments of really recognizing how powerful Christ is and how like just his love covers all things and really just carries those burdens for us and like there are just some moments where like it's it's not us it's not us doing the talking or the moving or the walking it's literally Christ like and you know he's going to use you all you have to do is say yes you know wow yeah that was really good that was uh last point Jordan made is was similar to what I was going to say that my experience at camp a lot of times I can usually tank the not sleeping. We usually find a way to figure that out. I usually get mad, though, when my kids don't listen to what I tell them to do, right? And it's very easy, I think, especially when you're like you're not sleeping and you want to go home, to focus on the negative things that are happening with your group or with your huddle. And I think something that's really helped me is being really, really intentional about focusing on even like the little victories that you get when you're leading these kids. Like you get when we were at leadership camp, I had one kid who uh, like wouldn't come to worship. One time, homie was in the arcade for all of chapel. He just didn't show up, right? But then one of the last days, he was singing in chapel. Like, seeing the way God works through is really cool. And like, Jordan said this already too, is you just got to remember, like, you think, oh, I have to get this kid here. It's my job to make sure he meets Jesus. I, it's not. It's not. It's your job to do the best you can to bring him to an environment. And then God just has to do the rest of the work. So focus on being intentional and improving the lives that you can and being a positive influence in the lives that you can, and God will do all the rest. And I think that's something that can be really helpful when you're feeling burnout. Yeah, I mean, I would say, well, both of you guys said this is really good. Um, camp is always an incredibly humbling experience for me. Well, because, you know, we have the sports part of camp. We're all athletes. That's in our wheelhouse. We all understand how that kind of works. Um, but then you have the exhaustion part of it, which every huddle leader knows how exhausted you get at camp and the fact that kids never show up on time for anything except meals. But anyway, that's relatable. I'm always on time for food too. But what's humbling about camp is just control. Like you really, really have no control over what happens at camp. I'm always somebody who wants the schedule and I want everything to work the way it's supposed to work, but at camp that just doesn't happen. But what always happens at camp is that Jesus moves in kids' hearts somehow, sometimes in even the most arbitrary way, and you did not even um, guess or you couldn't even guess how it was going to happen, um, right? Because we would sometimes assume, oh, yeah, chapel. So that's when God's going to impress on kids' hearts. And it's like, no, it'll happen when they're at practice, when they're doing sports God's way, when they're walking at a snail's pace to practice or wherever things like that, um, or just randomly at night during our huddles. So I think, yeah, the biggest thing with camp is 
um, not saying, okay, God, I need you to do it this way in a really, really scripted way, but just saying, hey, God, this is, this is your experience. You knew which kids were going to show up. And Tyler, we talked about this, especially at our um, Legends Camp this year when we were able to do it in Philly. Like, we knew which kids, God knew which kids were going to be there, and those were the kids he needed to be there. Um, so that he could share the message that he had for them. And I know for me, that's the biggest thing of being like, hey, God, you do it. It's not my show, it's yours. And I need to just like chill and let him do it. Yeah, Chris, to your point of it's not my show, it's God's. And And Jordan, when you were talking about being at leadership camp this past year, and I think, I think you and I had a conversation like early on, like I don't think campers were there and we had this really awesome conversation. But at one point I just remember both of us being like, I don't know how I'm going to get through the weekend. Like we were just so, I know for myself going to um, like Kutztown camp, you're in the middle of the summer. So you've kind of rested a little bit. You're feeling a little more filled and rejuvenated leadership camp comes in the middle of the winter so Jordan you were mentioning you're like in the middle of season and your tank is like empty and you just showed up and I would say I wasn't in the middle of season but I remember feeling I remember really identifying with what you were describing in that conversation because I was like yeah like I don't I don't know what I'm gonna give these kids like I don't feel like, I don't really feel equipped. Like, I don't really feel great in my walk with the Lord right now. Like, and I almost like had this feeling of like, these kids deserve so much better than what I can give them right now. And just this overwhelming feeling of being like, being really humbled of like, wow, like this God, please show up and meet these kids here in a way that I never could. You know, I don't have the words. I don't have the, you know, whatever it may be. And it's, I think we're, and we're in those places. I'm grateful for being in those places at camp because you do, you just hit your knees before the Lord and you're like, God, like not me, but you make me a vessel. I'm literally offering myself up to you for, for this time. And I'm just going to show up and I'm going to open my mouth when you tell me to open my mouth. I'm going to listen when you tell me to listen and I'm just in the messy process. I'm just going to show up and God just, I think he so delights in those yeses and he just loves to show up and blow our minds. So I think I agree with what all of you guys are saying of it's a really unique opportunity, especially in those places when we're like, broken and tired ourselves because God's like, yep, not you. It's me. Now just like watch me do something awesome. And all your kids are gonna, you know, want to build a relationship with the Lord or all like kids are going to be freed from stuff, like whatever it may be, like God just works in such incredible ways. And I always end camp and I'm like, I'm just here for it. Like that was awesome. Like, and I got a front row seat. And I'm humbled and blessed by that. So yeah, for sure. I love it. Um, Jordan, we'll start with you on this question too of because you do stuff internationally and also 
do you know having kids coming to camp from all over what is it like being a huddle leader being in community with people who you're really trying to connect with but maybe are from a very different background or very different experiences what's kind of that process like and something things to be mindful of in the middle of that yeah um so when I was in Malaysia, um, I think Jordan is like not a common girl name overseas at all. And so before I got there, Britain Hastings was also on that trip. They thought Britain was a girl and they thought I was a boy. So before all of the planning of the week happened, when they were doing like the huddle leaders, I was put with middle school boys from Malaysia who didn't speak English. And I remember, like, the first day of camp, I was, like, what is happening? Like, I was, like, what? they don't understand me. I was, like, they're all – I, like, got the, the, the group that was from, like, a smaller village that's, like, not the capital of Malaysia or, like, not in a bigger city. So, like, they don't even speak Malay. So, like, they speak a completely different dialect. And – I just remember in that moment, it's kind of what we've been talking about of like, Jesus, like, just give me some way to connect, give me some way to show them that I love them without being able to communicate. And that's a very extreme example. And like, I've had, um, I was discipling two high schoolers this past summer, and this was like more one-on-one. And one of them, like, I just didn't relate to and I struggled so much because I was like I don't know what to do like I don't know what to talk to her about um and it's kind of in those moments of just asking God you know give me the words to speak or give me the actions or show me in the the little conversations or in the little things what they're struggling with and you know it doesn't always come easily it doesn't always come naturally but I think a big part of that is just listening and being present and you know you'll find things to talk about that maybe aren't your first instinct or like the first um you know we all have like the stories that we reach for or the examples that we reach for that we've that are almost tried and true and then like you you find yourself in these situations where that's not what they're going to receive that's not what they need um and I think it really comes with like listening to these kids like they have their own stories they they have their own things they they have their own experiences and I think it can be really easy to forget that they are their own person we are just people like being called to speak into their lives we're called to almost be like the characters in their stories and just listening to them and um having them tell you what they want to hear what they need to hear um and you know it comes with just being present but um yeah I don't know I think it just all kind of comes you just have to really like it's with being in the word and with trusting that you've been placed in the right moment uh that was cool I kind of want to go to Malaysia to be honest with you but um I just be going to the hood so a lot of the times it actually also feels like I'm in a different world, but something I've noticed, um, well, first off being connected with FCA athletics is something that a lot of times can speak to kids. Like my kids, I don't look like any of them. I didn't grow up like any of them, but 
I played sports like all of them. So I'm able to connect with them that way. And Jordan hit it on the head. I don't have much to say other than what she said, that being present and listening is huge because your common experiences a lot of times aren't actually experiences at all, but they're how those experiences made you feel. And being able to talk through those experiences with these kids can be huge for them to understand and get close to you. And I, that's something that's helped me a lot with kids that I've had trouble relating to necessarily, is just being there for them and being a brother for them. I think that's something, the very basic thing that can really help you connect with people you otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that the thing, and Becca, we talked about this in our human beings versus human doings episode. The thing that we always have in common is that we're just people first, right? Our backgrounds change. Our families are different. What we see, our response to trauma, all that stuff, what we see is different, but we're people. So like what Tyler's talking about is um, I, not, I might not be able to relate to your experience of anxiety in this particular instance but I know what anxiety feels like, right? So we can relate that way. Or I might not be able to relate to like the exact instance of how you found Jesus, but I can relate to the fact that I have this relationship with Jesus and so do you. And I think that's definitely a common ground of, you know, sometimes we'll try and, I don't even know what it is. Like Jordan was saying, find those tried and true stories that you can share that you assume everybody knows or you assume everybody can relate to rather than just kind of let that person be the expert in their own life. And let's just find shared um, values and beliefs and just focus on truth. Cause that's something that we all have in common. That's something that this gospel, if we choose to follow Jesus and the people that we disciple that we all have in common. Um, so it's just like another thing where I think we can overcomplicate it because we're all so unique. But one thing that is true and is common we're all children of God, so we can all just relate and be glad and joyful in that. So, yeah, I, I love what both of you guys said. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's such power in being present and just showing up for someone and those empathetic conversations. And even, even in the, in the process of, Hey, I haven't, I don't know your life. I haven't experienced what you've experienced, but being really intentional and present and listening really actively and carefully to seek to put ourselves behind the lens of this person and start to kind of lay our own stuff at the foot of the cross so that we can in that moment, especially so that we can sit in that conversation with that person and be like, sometimes even being like, I don't understand, help me understand, you know, and, and help me understand your experience and really seeking to see their world, not through our interpretation of it, but how they experience it and how they see it. And Ty, you touched on this of like, I, and I think about too, like, what did I need when I was 13, 14, 15, however old was, was somebody to listen and be present and really seek to understand me rather than just talk at me. And I think Ty, like you said, showing up for them and 
really just, yeah, being that year and being like, hey, like, whatever you want to bring to the table, like, I'm here. And validating their experiences. And then, yeah, like you guys were saying, sharing that common ground of like, yeah, maybe I didn't, I haven't experienced anxiety in the same way that you've experienced it. But we can, we can have more empathy when we're in our minds drawing upon those, okay, it doesn't look exactly the same, but I've felt anxiety before. You know, it helps us kind of develop that like empathetic um, mindset to take into those relationships and those conversations. Um, but yeah, I think, again, I won't, I won't keep talking because you guys summed it up so beautifully of just like being present and being intentional and just like showing up for these, these kids. And I always say, I'm like, what did I need when I was younger and how can I be that? to this person sitting across from me because they're so important and I want them to feel like that and feel no matter what I say, I want them to feel loved when they get up and, you know, step back on the softball field or whatever it may be. So yeah, that's awesome stuff. Do you guys have any, as we kind of come to a close, is there anything that you guys would say of, just lessons that the Lord has taught you through having this platform about himself, about you, you know, no, no themes here. Just, just anything that ways that the Lord has met you kind of in this process. So I could say, um, the biggest one for me is being patient. So like, with guys especially especially my guys they don't like to talk to people about anything ever right which can be hard because all you want to do is help these kids and get to know them but understanding the patience of like actually building a real solid relationship to get them to trust you and then that will lead into these conversations is something god's really taught me and i've noticed also i guess if there's a reason he was doing it because i think it's a lot more rewarding when you've actually had to build these things up before you get personal with somebody. Anybody can just spout off whatever's happened to them, but when they tell you that from a place of trust and they know that you are there to help them and that's why they're telling you about it, it really, it's fulfilling and it's gratifying and it really shows how good God is when these kids do that to you. So I would say patience is uh, the biggest lesson I've been taught so far. Yeah, I think um, I agree and I think a big thing for me has been just like learning how unqualified I really am and how little control I really have. I think, you know, athletes, like we like to control every area of our life. Like that's what we're wired to do. Um, and I think it's just learning that you don't have that control. Um, one, but then two, like, it's not, I mean, Chris, you said it best. It's not our story. It's not, um, it's not about us. And I think that can be really hard to kind of see. It's like, we're not doing this for our own, you know, like recognition or different things that we're doing this because if we're truly called to do that, like this is our service. This is how we worship God um, through loving these kids. And so just learning, you know, this is not about how qualified or how great I can be or the words that I have to say, um, it doesn't really matter as long as, you know, you're trusting God in the process. And I think it's just been 
a very long and continual process of learning how to trust God. Yeah, no, I love that. Patience and trust, definitely two big ones. Um, and God's definitely like always working on my heart with this, with a control element. Um, and I, I would say like the biggest thing, one of the biggest things I've learned through the discipleship process and being able to disciple young kids is, and I know, I know this about myself, um, but it really shows up in discipleship, um, is when at the end of the day, the priority is God's mission over my own. That's always a thing he has to impress on me over and over and over again, where like some days where I'm like, I have school and I have this and I have that. And somebody hits me up for something and you almost treat it like it's a chore, like, Oh, I got one more thing. And Jordan, you said this in the beginning, God has to consciously remind me like, Hey, you have a privilege to be able to pour into the people that I have called. They're not your people. This isn't your job. I've said this a couple of times. It's like, it's not my show. Like I've given God's like, I've given you this privilege to be able to pour into the next generation of people. So it shouldn't be treated like it's a chore kind of deal. Um, but that just is the pride in me thinking that my, I put my mission ahead of God's mission. So it constantly has to be a reminder for myself of who I'm doing things for and uh, that I'm on mission for Christ. Like, all the stuff that I get to do is part of that, but it's not, um, it's not for me. It's for him. And I think part of the discipleship is it's the same thing. We want our kids to say, Hey, do things for Christ audience of one, all that stuff. I have to hold myself accountable to, um, to do that as well. Too, so. Yeah. And Chris, one of the things I love about what you said is it's his mission, not ours. And I think for me, the biggest thing, it's like twofold, but the biggest thing that I've learned is one humility of like being okay saying, like, again, as an athlete and again, me as a human, I just love to have it all together and pretend that I have it all together. And when you're in these positions, you don't. And God shows you that really, really quick. And you, I have gained a keen awareness of my brokenness and my frailty and my just need for the Lord when I'm put in these kind of fiery situations sometimes. Like sometimes there's crises. Sometimes, you know, there's really heavy stuff. Sometimes we're just exhausted and can't even really think straight. Like, and humbling myself to be able to say, okay, God, you know, I, I don't have it together. I wish I did. I don't have the answers. I wish I could. And being able to say, not my mission, but yours and fill me with some fire, fill me with some truth, you know, and just come and meet me here to be a vessel for you. And I think that's been really big, but also the twofold part of that is the confidence in knowing that he'll show up for you because sometimes I'll take the humility piece too far and I'm like, I'm not qualified. I can't do it. Like call somebody else. Like I don't have my stuff together enough to have this platform and keeping in, that in mind of like, Hey, it's not your mission. It's mine. And I called you here. I've placed you here. I've placed these kids, 
you know, in your life, you and theirs, and I'm going to do it, but you need to be confident in who you are in me to silence the lies that you're not qualified to be here. Cause you're not, but I've called you here and that's why you're qualified. Um, and that's just a process that I've been learning with the Lord. And again, it's like the two, it's like the humility and also the confidence of like, how do you get those jiving together? Um, which has been, I'm really grateful that to have the opportunities that I've had with FCA and with discipleship, because that's been huge in this area and also in all other areas of my relationship with the Lord. All right, guys, this has been awesome. Before we go, anybody, I mean, we'll go around Jordan. We'll start with you. Closing thoughts, takeaways from this conversation. Oh, um, I don't know. I think we all really just spoke to the, I had something to say and now I can't remember, but I think, I think we all spoke to the, I don't know, the privilege and the honor that it is to speak in to the next generation. Um, I think part of the reason that all of us love it so much and are so like, on fire for this kind of mission is, you know, there's so much that I wish I had been told when I was in high school, or there's so much that um, maybe I was told but didn't listen to. Um, so just being someone that these kids look up to and respect, it's humbling beyond words. Like it's insane to me. I'm just like, I don't know how I got here or how like why any of you guys listen to anything that I say but it's just it's an opportunity to not only love God but like you know to to love yourself and to you know find value and you know meaning like in a very healthy way but I think it is important it is important to you know have those healthy relationships and to give part of yourself as like an act of worship. Um. Uh, I would say in short, just that um, I want to encourage people just that it sounds very basic, but God didn't push you there for nothing, right? Like even when it feels like you're not making a difference, you're not doing anything, you probably are. And you never know the impact you're having on a kid or their life until you've already had it, right? So even if it feels like you're not doing anything, God's using you for something. So just be encouraged in that and keep the fight, keep doing your kingdom work. And I'm sure it'll turn out better than even you could imagine. So. Yeah, no, that is so good. And Tyler just casually threw that little sound bite in there. I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would say the biggest takeaway and Jordan just said, just uh, spoke to it is discipleship is both, a privilege and it's messy, right? We don't have to have everything all together. Um, that's not why God calls us, but we have a privilege to um, be a part of his mission and walk through the muck with people and do life with people. And that's ultimately why we do it. Um, I know every single one of us, we're, we, we live to uh, like pour into the next generation. I think like Paul and Timothy and John the Baptist making a way for Jesus. Like it was designed to be that way. And we are just, privilege and honor to be part of it. So 
yeah, no, I've loved what everybody is saying. I'm just going to, like, take notes for days on it. So love you guys for that. Yeah, I second everything Chris just said. Um, it's a blessing and it's humbling to have these conversations and just to be reminded of the fact that, Ty, like you said, like, it's kingdom work and it's messy. And in our own wrestling and process with the Lord, we hardly ever feel qualified for it. And there are still, there are days when I wake up and I'm like, why me? There's somebody so much better out there to do it. And I just think that's, God just loves to use us in our brokenness and to use us in that humility of, yeah, it's not going to be you. Yeah. I'm going to meet you in your brokenness. And in doing that, I'm also going to meet these people that have been put in front of you. And I think God just works in really, really cool ways when we bring it all to the foot of the cross, ourselves, our mess, our struggle, and the lives of these people that we now have influence over. And just literally, I picture myself all the time, like walking it to the foot of the cross and leaving myself and these people there and just saying, you know, God, not my will, but yours be done. Um, and I think really, really powerful things happen, like you guys are saying, when you just show up in the messy and are just willing to go there. Um, so yeah, really powerful stuff. And I'll stop talking because you guys put it so beautifully. Um, but again, thank you guys for being a part of this conversation. Thank you for sharing your experiences and your wisdom with us. That wraps up another episode of Behind the Mask. If you guys like what you heard, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button at the bottom. And again, our inbox is always open. Drop us your questions. Drop us your thoughts. Um, we love hearing from you guys. So until next time, thank you again. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Tyler. See you all next time. Bye, guys. Thank you.